Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96, Comcast Xfinity, and Channel 30, Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. Now on to the talking news. Parents warned, warned about vaping by Joanna K. Zuvalis. Belmont High School principal Daniel Richards sent an email to parents and guardians on November 15th, making them aware there was an increase in students possessing e-cigarettes and vaporizers, both of which are commonly referred to as vamps. He is... He said vaping is against the rules at Belmont High School. The liquid being vaporized and inhaled is usually referred to as the juice and comes in small containers and in a very wide array of flavors. Some are simply flavored liquid. Many, though, have nicotine and other addictive elements to them. The juice is also easily and often infused with THC. The key chemical in marijuana, wrote Richards in the email. In his email, he warned vaping is giving students uh, to have greater access to ways of getting high that are difficult to detect and marijuana use has a detrimental impact on their still developing brains. Richards included photos to show that vapes come in a wide range of designs, all of which easily fill into a pocket or bag. He said some versions are designed to avoid notice by looking like other common items, such as inhalers, computer pen drives, and even small gaming systems. He said they also have a very little residual odor, It is usually a little sweet and not like cigarettes or marijuana. Richard strongly encourages parents and guardians to talk with their student or students about the dangers of vaping and the problems that can occur from it. Honest and straightforward discussions about issues such as these can have a very significant impact on their choices. In the conversation, it may be helpful to remind students that being in possession of tobacco or nicotine, tobacco nicotine products and paraphernalia are against school rules and are listed in the BHS handbook, he wrote in the email. Richards also asked parents and guardians to pay extra attention to items their student or students may have on their possession that look like vapes or the related aspects. My interest in teaching, reaching out to all of you is to help steer our students away from the drawer of vapes, easy access, use, and misuse. I appreciate your partnership to keep our students making healthy, safe, and smart choices, wrote Richards in his email. Richards said the problem with vaping 
began at the end of last year, and students have made him aware of the increase in the problem this year. At the beginning of the school year, Richard said class assemblies were held to educate students about the dangers of vaping. School resource officer Melissa O'Connor also addressed the students. Uh, she said, and wellness teachers and teachers of other disciplines are also addressing the issue. If a student is caught vaping inside the high school building or on the grounds of the campus, Richards said that the punishment is detention or suspension and the student becomes part of a restorative ju ju justice program where they need to speak to people about the dangers and also do research. And over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Two finalists announced. Candidates for town administrator include Shirley's Patrice Garvin or Maynard's Kevin Sweet by Giovanna K. Zilvelis. The town administrator search committee announced their choices for the final two candidates for Belmont's town administrator position to the Board of Selectmen Monday morning. Ten strong candidates were selected from a pool of 19, and Chairman Kate Bowen said the committee narrowed it down to Shirley's town administrator, Patrice Garvin, and Maynard's town administrator, Kevin Sweet. The public is invited to witness the formal interviews on Tuesday, December 5, at 6 p.m. in the Selectmen's meeting room. A final decision is expected by the Selectmen on December 11. According to Rick White, partner with Grew White Consulting, the search firm hired by the town in August, both candidates have substantial managerial skills, but also have been required to assist their Board of Selectmen in reaching out to the community, as well as the various independent committees and boards within the town to develop consensus on town-wide priorities in the various projects needing attention. Selectman Chairman Jim Williams was a member of the search committee. He said he was very happy with the quality of people that came forward. Selectman Adam Dash and Selectman Vice Chairman Mark Paolillo will have the opportunity to meet with Garvin and Sweet individually and informally on December 2nd. Staff and department heads will also have the opportunity to meet the candidates and rate them, said White. The search was robust process. According to White, all 10 candi candidates in the final pool were either sitting chief administrative officers or assistants in municipalities throughout Massachusetts. All had substantial experience and a record of accomplishment in the field, he said. In the end, the committee determined that Belmont was best served by candidates that had a record of upward mobility in the field of municipal management as well as experience as a town administrator or manager, said White. It was a robust process, said Bowen. Both candidates are seasoned. The search for a new town administrator resulted from the departure of town administrator David Kale in early March to become assistant city manager for finance in Cambridge. Kale had been town administrator since 2012. 
Assistant Town Administrator Phyllis Marshall is currently serving as Interim Town Administrator and has not publicly said if she will apply for the permanent position. The Town Administrator has three key duties. They direct and manage the delivery of municipal services, except those under the jurisdiction of the independently elected authorities. They provide leadership to the selectmen for strategic planning, and they serve as the director of the Office of the Board of Selectmen. Now, over to Max. Thanks, Claire. Ring in the Holidays by Shopping Locally by Ann Reynolds. Belmont businesses are geared up for the holiday season with Small Business Saturday, November 12th, sorry, 25th, a day set aside for shoppers to visit their local vendors and markets. Started in 2010 by American Express, the idea has caught on and brick-and-mortar stores in Belmont now organize their own special day to compete with the big retailers. At the same time, many small businesses in Belmont will also be participating in the annual Gifts of Hope campaign to benefit the Belmont Food Pantry, which officially kicks off November 30th. 30 Petals. Your Closet, Only Bigger, is the motto of 30 Petals Boutique, which is celebrating its 24th year in Belmont Center this November. One of the oldest women's clothing stores in the center, owner Erica Kleinkopf said her clothing is versatile and comfortable for all occasions. Carrying a number of unique items, as well as gloves, hats, scarfs, and special accessories, 30 Petals' owner is looking forward to this year's holiday shopping season. We want our customers to feel at home shopping here, said Kleinkopf, and to buy things they will really use. 30 Petals is also a business that gives back, working with the organization Uncommon Threads. Twice a year, they collect clothes and handbags to be donated to a special boutique that assists women who are survivors of domestic abuse. Revolve. I had a passion for designer fashion on a stay-at-home mom budget, said Lisa Castango, sorry, Castaño, owner of Resolve Consignment, on how she got the, into the consignment business eight years ago this November. Now with her sixth store about to open in Newton Center and a huge expansion at the Belmont Center store, she reflected back on how she got to this place. I had four empty walls in Cushing Square, she said, referring to her first Belmont store, which is now closed, and I relied on the community of Belmont to bring us their wares to be consigned. Revolve is now the largest consignment chain in New England. Joined by two of her three daughters, Lauren and Alyssa, who each managed two stores for their entrepreneurial mom, Revolve has over 25 employees. When we're working, we call her Lisa, never mom, said Lauren. The girls who grew up watching the organization grow were anxious to join the thriving family business. We all love fashion and we all work hard, said Alyssa. Revolve has a history of giving back to various charities around Belmont and beyond. Raising money or donating clothes, bags, shoes, and jewelry to a number of events fills the Castaño women with the worthwhile feeling of doing something for a town that's been so good to them. Champions Sporting Goods. The place for all things Marauder is how the owner of Champion Sporting Goods sums up his store in Belmont Center. Owner Jerry Dickhout 
has been at the helm of the sporting goods store, which is now entering its 29th year in business. Catering to all the local sports teams, he has a wealth of knowledge about the history of Marauder sports. Everyone is welcome in his establishment, which he calls the official cut-through of Belmont Center. Up to 12 employees are working at Champions, especially during the busy seasons of back-to-school and the holidays. Big sellers for Champions are anything that says Belmont. Hats, scarves, mittens, and the famous flannel marauder pants and Belmont sweats are the gifts that the athletes of Belmont hope for in this gift-giving season. Champions also provides embroidery service on any of their products or special orders, which makes an especially great gift. Dick Hout started the Belmont Center Business Association 28 years ago in order to make the center more attractive to shoppers. Cabrada Baking Company Cabrada Baking Company helps satisfy Belmont's sweet tooth with freshly baked bread, cake, cookies, and pastries in Belmont Center. Owned and operated by the Wigan family of Belmont, Quebrada has three locations in Belmont, Arlington, and Wellesley. The bakery has taken off, and liter literally each morning, the Quebrada food trucks drive off to Dewey Square, Monday through Friday, to serve coffee and breakfast in downtown Boston. Quebrada, which is a Spanish word meaning a break in the terrain, has been baking since 1977 and has been in, the, in Belmont since 2013. We love being in Belmont, said Vice President Emily Wigan. It's the town we grew up in. Emily and Brother Shiler are both vice presidents who run the family business. Emily manages the operation and business end, and Shiler runs the production and baking end. Both of them report into their mother, Kay, who started the business in 1977 as a wholesale distributor of fresh and organic all-natural baked goods. Kay is still working but has turned over the day-to-day -day operations to her children. Employing 80 people, the bakery has kept to its roots of using all natural ingredients and few refined sugars. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Abuse in the News is a Good Thing, an editorial by Wendy Murphy. It feels a little strange to say this, but all the recent news stories of victims coming forward about being sexually abused are a very good thing. They're good because telling is a big part of healing and because the stories bring human faces to an epidemic that is too often described in vague terms with cold statistics and anonymous identifications for offenders and victims. Terms such as sexual assault leave the reader guessing about what happened, unable to imagine that the incident was harmful because sexual assault could mean anything from a minor touch to an especially vicious rape, and statistics don't connect the public to the intensity of human suffering or the scope of the harm done to the individuals, families, women as a class, and societies as a whole when sexual abuse happens. We barely flinch when a news story reports that one million college women will be sexually assaulted over the next four years. It's impossible to feel empathy toward a statistic, and it's frankly incomprehensible 
to visually or emotionally capture the idea of a million women being victimized in an environment where they are supposed to be learning and achieving and preparing to become our nation's leaders. As if that weren't enough, bad enough, it is very hard for most of us to accept that we live in a world where seemingly nice people are capable, capable of great evil. It requires far too much compromise deep inside where we cling to the belief that the world is a good place and that people are inherently kind. The desire to disbelieve that humans do horrible things to one another is so strong that we accept even absurd explanations as plausible alternatives to ugly truths. That's why juries often vote not guilty in rape trials. It's hard for them to look at the face of a man who resembles a brother or the guy next door and believe that he's the type who could be guilty of something so hideous. If a perpetrator looks like someone we know or someone we think we know, like Bill Cosby or Kevin Spacey, it's extra difficult to imagine him committing a sex crime. The evidence just doesn't stick to our internal narratives about how the world works, so we develop doubt because it makes us feel better, and the end result is an unjust, not guilty verdict. All these factors conspire to make justice elusive. In turn, victims are even less likely to report for fear it isn't worth it. With so many victims speaking out recently, that worm may be turning. A single news clip of a woman sobbing decades after the abuse she, she suffered ended in a searing example of how much pain is caused by sexual abuse and how long the pain lasts. And it is a powerful proof that sexual assaults are never minor events or awkward encounters that can be brushed off as bad dates. And over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Resident Writes Children's Book Based on Memories by Giovanna K. Zavellis. Belmont resident Lucia Arno Benson loves writing and has always wanted to write a book about her family. She made this dream a reality with the publication of her first children's book, Bark Once for a Cheeseburger, based on memories of her golden retriever, Duncan, and summer memories with him and her Italian family on the island of Nantucket. Arno Bernson's parents, Vincent and Clara Arno, introduced Italian food to the island of Nantucket by opening the first Italian restaurant there in 1955, named Vincent's. In 1959, they opened a second restaurant named Arno's. Her two brothers carried the tradition for 60 years. The idea for the title stemmed from my dad, who would open the front door of the restaurant during his break from cooking and say, two cheeseburgers, please, one for me and one for my pal, Duncan. At times, Duncan would push open the screen door without my dad and bark for his food, she said. Duncan was like a canine Houdini, who would figure out how to get loose from chains and ropes to roam around the island. 
Since there was a strict leash law, the dog officer would often call to say Duncan was found wandering the island on bike paths, sidewalks, and beaches. Although geared to the 428 age group, the book is appealing for all ages. Since the restaurants have a long-standing reputation, I am hearing from several adults who worked for my family, as did their children and grandchildren throughout the years. It is heartwarming to hear the stories of how much they enjoyed their experiences and lessons learned, said Arno Bernson. Now, over to Max. Thanks, Claire. Finding the most flavorful fromage. Artisanal cheeses make a great gift or party offering by Mary Rines. For those who've been following a low dairy diet for the past 11 months, it's time to break out and let your cheese flag fly. Cheesemongers across the region are gearing up for the holiday season and the sweet, salty, stinky, nutty, fruity flavors that come with it. From blue to gouda and beyond, there's something for every fromageophile. Read on for recommendations from local cheese geeks. Alpage. Alpage cheese is made from cows that are higher up in the Alps. The higher you go, generally, the more diverse and better the diet for the cow. When they eat great pasture, they have better tasting milk, and therefore their cheese is more interesting. These cheeses are mostly Gruyere styles. Alpine cheeses always have a really nutty, sweet, whiny taste to them. Livaro. Livaro is a soft cow's milk cheese with a washed rind, which means the cheesemaker washes the rind as it ages, and thus giving it a stronger, more pungent aroma. It's made in Normandy. It's really good with hard ciders, apples, beer, Beaujolais, or red burgundy wine. Stilton. Stilton is an English blue cheese. The time to eat Stilton is basically now through February. I just brought in 30 wheels for the Thanksgiving th season. Stilton has always been served on Thanksgiving and Christmas tables. Gouda. Black Betty is an amazing cheese. It's an extra-aged goat Gouda from the Netherlands. The Black Betty is great with a little bit of honey or a little salted sesame toffee. Blue. Blue 61 is from Italy. It's a blue cheese that's been soaked in wine and then topped with cranberries. It's amazing. I'd have that with a glass of fruity red wine, port, stout, or a bottle of Amarone. Asiago. I'm a big fan of Crucolo, which is the one we have the parade for, the 400-pound cheese. That's great with dried meats, prosciutto, and salamis. It's my favorite grilled cheese cheese. It's an Asiago Presato, not the Asiago that you grate. It's a much younger Asiago. It's semi-soft. Serve it hot. Raclette versus fondue. Raclette is a melted cheese dish from Switzerland. The cheese is melted right off the wheel, and it gets scraped onto the potatoes or other food. Fondue is made with wine, nutmeg, and garlic, and put straight in a pot. Over to Bob. Thank you, Max. Foundations for Belmont Education partners with Greater Boston Orthodontics. The Foundation for Belmont Education announced a new partnership with Greater Boston Orthodontics. Greater Boston Orthodontics will join the FBE 
as an investor in education. Investors in education are corporate sponsors who donate $5,000 or more per year to support the work of the FBE. Dr. Peru Tanaja and Dr. Loki Suri, who run Greater Boston Orthodontics, are delighted to join the Foundation for Belmont Education and be part of the FBE's mission. Our patient pool is from our neighboring communities, including Belmont. We are passionate about educational pursuits and advancement of knowledge, said Tanaja. Education of children is pivotal in forging profound understanding of the natural world. For compassion towards other human beings and conscientious citizenry in the future. We consider it our duty and privilege to support organizations and initiatives that share these beliefs. We are delighted to partner with the Foundation for Belmont Education. Founded in 2011, Greater Boston Orthodontics is a practice that works to ensure a high standard of care delivery for all patients with an emphasis on patient and family engagement throughout the orthodontic process. Both, both Tanaja and Suri are faculty members at Tufts University where they teach dental students and postdoctoral orthodontics residents. And over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Turn on the Town, sponsored by Belmont Center Business Association, will occur on Thursday, November 30th, Belmont Center, between 6 and 8 p.m. Stop by the Belmont Savings Bank and enter to win one of five holiday prize stockings. The timeline of events will occur between 6 and 8 p.m. for fun around town. Petting Zoo at Belmont Savings Bank, face painting in front of the Toy Store of Belmont, sponsored by BCBA, cupcake decorating in front of Champions Sporting Goods, sponsored by Quebrada Baking Company, Charity Central in front of Il Casal, sponsored by Remax Leading Edge, Hot Cocoa in front of Belmont Savings Bank, Belmont High School Madrigals caroling throughout the streets. Frosty and Rudolph, greetings throughout the streets. Hot fried dough in front of Revolve, sponsored by Cambridge Savings Bank. Balloon Artist, sponsored by BCBA. Train Rides, Moore Street, sponsored by Belmont Savings Bank. Free Popcorn, sponsored by East Boston Savings Bank. Mount Hope Christian Church Worship Singing Team in front of A Chocolate Dream at 6.35 p.m. At 6.20 p.m., Santa and Mrs. Claus arrive by fire truck and light the tree. 6.30 to 8 o'clock p.m., free pitches with Santa and Mrs. Claus at Belmont Savings Bank. There is a night of giving. Bring non-perishable food items or unwrapped toys to Charity Central in front of Il Casal Restaurant to be donated to the Belmont Food Pantry. Now over to Max. Thank you, Claire. Powers Music School announces musician opportunities. 
Powers Music School will host three opportunities for musicians in the Belmont and surrounding area. The Stein Chamber Music Festival in January, the Martha B. Sossman Concerto Competition in February, and the Mildred Freiburg Piano Festival in April. Powers is now accepting applications for the Stein Festival and Concerto Competition, and all interested musicians are encouraged to begin preparing for these events. I'm proud to see Powers nurture and grow our opportunities for Belmont and the surrounding communities, said Power, Powers Executive Director Gavin Farrell. These events bring together a cross-section of musicians, both young and old, and exemplify Powers' role of not being not just a music school, but a provider of high-quality programs for the community at large. The Stein Chamber Music Festival, named in honor of the late Joseph and Lisa Stein of Belmont, is an annual festival for chamber musicians and chamber music enthusiasts to enjoy music, camaraderie, and a potluck meal. The 2018 festival will take place January 13th, beginning at 5.30 p.m. at All Saints Church in Belmont. Back to you, Bob. Along with my colleagues Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont.